What's up? Welcome here to Where in the Sports World. I'm Travis Eldridge. This is the show where we catch up with U.S. players and coaches whose sport has taken them overseas. On this episode, we're catching up with former Michigan State Spartan, former NBA player Matt Costello. Costello, part of the Spartans team that went to the Final Four in 2015 under head coach Tom Izzo, following his four-year Michigan State career, went undrafted but earned his way to the NBA, making his NBA debut with the San Antonio Spurs during the 2017-18 season, eventually playing in four games. But now, Costello's overseas. He's in Europe. He's in his second season playing for Herbalife Gran Canaria in Spain's ACB League, Liga Endesa, as it's known now. It's one of the best leagues in the world, the former home to guys like Luka Doncic and Goran Dragic. But with Matt right now, we talk about everything, what it's like playing in Spain and living there. You'll find out he's got a pretty good setup where he's at now. Plus, we relive some of the glory moments from his days at Michigan State. We are all over the map with Matt Costello right now. Matt, it's the Where in the Sports World podcast. So you got to start off. Where in the sports world are you right now? Uh, currently, I'm in Gran Canaria um, playing for Gran Canaria basketball and uh, in the ACB Spanish League. And uh, there could be far worse places in the world to be than Gran Canaria, right? Like from everything I've seen, it's just like you're in the middle of the ocean on this beautiful island. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> very fortunate to be living here. Uh, you get spoiled every once in a while. I mean, we were here for the whole quarantine and uh, 10 months last year. And so we went back home in Michigan. We don't quite have the view that we have here. But um, no, it's, it's, it's been wonderful. Uh, the people here treat you well. And uh, it's kind of like a tourist city. So if you act like an American, they're normally nicer to you than Spanish people sometimes. <laughs> so that works out pretty well for you guys. Yes, it does. So wait, so you're, you're quarantining through the COVID times in a, in a tourist location. So you were living the dream, essentially. Essentially, if we were allowed outside. So there's That's like 40 okay. days there where we weren't fully allowed outside. But as soon as we're allowed back outside, the runs in the morning were very nice. So uh, explain the climate, because I think I saw somebody describe the climate as like the perfect, the, the perfect climate for any place in the entire world. Like, is, does it get cold? Like, what, what are you working with? Yeah, so I would say I think the coldest it got all last year was about 60. And the hottest it gets where we're at is 85. Uh, so you can deal with that. Uh, there's, there's very few air conditioners on the island just because there's not really that much need of it and zero heaters. Um, but it's funny to see when, like, I think it was like in February before everything got locked down, we would go out for dinner. And you'd see people walking around with like full winter coats on and it's like 60 degrees out. And you're like, what are you guys doing? But they've lived here their whole lives. And that's the, that's the cold season. So it's a little bit different than East Lansing, Michigan. Just a little bit. Uh, not, not quite as much snow, but do you miss, do you miss the snow? I do. I do actually. I've, I've okay. been a snow person my whole life. I've loved snowmobiling, doing uh, different things like that. Uh, just playing around, having snowball fights, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to wait a little bit before I'm able to go back and use all that. 
So basketball-wise, uh, we had a chance to see you guys in Grand Canaria here on the network uh, at the, the final phase last, last year, and I was so impressed by the basketball. Explain to people who aren't familiar with the Spanish League what the style is like and, and what the competition's been like for you in the ACB. Um, it, it's, it's, been, it's been great. It fits my game a little bit better than uh, I would say maybe the, the G League or, or something like that. That's a lot more run, gun, and do stuff. Um, of that nature. Maybe the Italian league is similar to that, where the Spanish league is a lot more structure, um, more like a college game, but obviously older, more grown men, um, a little bit more matured in their basketball abilities. But uh, yeah, just a lot more structure, um, not as much freewheeling, but um, very physical. Um, you see a lot of guys that, that go straight from the Spanish league and do well in the NBA. Um, I mean, they just had Luka Doncic who was killing here. So he went there. It's, 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 I think it's the next best league after the NBA. When you look at your game personally, like compare where your game is at now to like your senior year at Michigan state, when obviously it was, it was your best of your college career, like where's your game at now? What have you gotten better at? Um, I think, I think my game has changed uh, a little bit. It's, it's held the things that have got me. Um, the opportunities that I've had, whether it's the defense, rebounding, hustling, doing just the odd things that not everybody does. It doesn't always show up in a, a stat sheet, but uh, some of the things that I've added is a, a little bit more shooting, uh, a little bit more handling the ball. Not that I try to break anybody down every play, but maybe once or twice a game, I'll try to get to the rim uh, from outside if I can catch somebody on a pump fake. But um, just a little bit more of a outside shot, I would say, has been the biggest development. What uh, you had a chance to play with Omar Cook this past year, who's obviously a guy who's a, a veteran internationally and uh, was a, a major college star like back in the day. What, what was it like to play with a guy who seemed to have that much experience in not only pro but what he did back in college? Yeah, it was it was extremely uh, settling for me. Um, I would say most of the other places that I've played throughout my career, I've had guys either my age or younger than me um, as my point guard. So um, having him with all the experience that he had, it, it was very settling for me and, and gave me a lot of confidence in um, the things I knew I was good at, but sometimes you second guess yourself. He, he saw that I was uh, good in certain areas. So he would encourage me to, to push the boundaries on those areas. So I, I love playing with him. I miss, I'm missing him. I, I wish he would have, been able to come back but I mean he's doing well in Burgos right now so was there any teasing that he played college basketball in like 2001 yeah we we would always make fun <laughs> of him because he would tell us like all the dunks he could do when he was growing up I was like bro you, we haven't seen you touch the net all year like what are you talking about and when we we're actually in Valencia doing the the bubble thing he would he pulled out a couple highlights of uh him in the uh, McDonald's All-American dunk contest and we're like shoot wow you could actually dunk what happened like you you don't get off the ground anymore but it's all good they had youtube they, they've got youtube stuff from back then they do it's very <laughs> tiny, but you can see it barely but you can see it so let's take you back to when people probably started first started to notice you at michigan state you're, you're mr basketball in the state of michigan and you've got, I mean, I guess two choices in Michigan, Michigan State. Like, what's your recruiting process like? Do you, do you have to choose one of those schools if you're, like, that guy in Michigan? Or did you have other options? Um, I actually had a couple different options. It was, um, 
it was a weird time in my life. I mean, I think uh, eighth, eighth, ninth grade, I was just hoping to go to, I, I don't know if you know Michigan very well, but uh, Saginaw Valley State University, which is the local D2 yeah. college um, where I was at. And when other schools started calling, like it was like, whoa, what's going on? And so it was a lot of catching up that I had to do uh, as far as learning about schools and stuff like that. But had had Michigan, Michigan State, um, Ohio State was another big player and uh, Butler was probably the top four at the end of it. Um, but end of the day, I ended up choosing Michigan State and really enjoyed my time there. So give me your best recruiting story. It doesn't have to be Michigan State, it could be anybody. Like what, what's the best story that you tell people about your, the recruiting process? Uh, so I would love to say a Michigan State story, which but there's so many stories there, like different <laughs> games that I went to the, uh, the, the football where they faked the field goal and scored the touchdown. And we all blew up the, uh, win big 10 championships there. Like just, there's so many at Michigan state. So I think the one that that got me when, um, I went to Butler one day, we were just walking around the campus and, uh, we ran into some of the basketball player. I guess I didn't know they were basketball players at first. I saw these people, uh playing had they had golf clubs but they were playing with a soccer ball and they had like different goals around the campus and like what are those people doing and then the coach is like no those are our players that's what they like to do in their off time and I was like this is what college is like like you walk around and you put golf clubs and hit soccer balls like what is going on but um it was I I know it's weird but to me that was like wow I can actually do what I want in college like that was the first eye-opening experience I had as a 10th grader in high school yeah, that sounds like a pretty good college experience to me. You get to play golf around campus with a soccer ball. Just, you know, like yeah. nice play to pass the time. Uh, who was the best sweet talker, like college coach? I mean, Izzo's got to be a pretty good sweet talker. Like who who's the best one when he gets you on the phone? Uh, to me, it was actually John Beeline. He was, okay. uh, yeah, he was, he was a really, like, as far as trying to set up what he could do for me and like to make my career better um and just different things different ways that he approached it, different things he talked about uh, coaches wasn't necessarily a sweet talker to me he was um very straightforward with me and i really appreciated that but just um what his expectations were for me and kind of the atmosphere they set um at michigan state um which kind of helped me go there but yeah john beeline was sweet talker man <laughs> he gets you on the phone and it's like you're not hanging up for a while right yeah yeah and I, I saw him at summer league like i think it was well we didn't play this year but the year before and i was like hey how you doing hey, talking to him and i think he was coaching for the Cavs at this point um so he was just down there watching i don't think he was actually coaching some like just catching up he's like oh i wish he could have came and i was like yeah it would have been fine but sorry we had to beat up on you for four years <laughs> but it was good talking to him and catching up how surreal of a moment that is that because like you're ninth 10th 11th grade and you you're just like trying to prove yourself as a basketball player and you've got Izzo and Beeline some of the biggest names in the sport like blowing up your cell phone like what on what is that like um at the time I didn't really realize what it was um I was just like okay there I didn't believe that this stuff was real because like um or, or the magnitude of it, because like I said, my, my mentality was just trying to make it to a D2 college, get school for free. Like that, yeah. that's what I'm really trying to do. So anything past that was just like, this is awesome. Um, but I, I had to say, I had, my dad kind of kept me, 
kept me humble, kept my kept my mind where it needed to be. Like if I started talking too much, make sure I wasn't doing anything. Like he he would set me straight. So um, I don't think it really hit me until like I was in college looking back. I'm like, wow, that didn't really happen to that many people. Um, There's just a few, but anyways, yeah. Yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, you know, that's like one of those things that you know, everybody dreams about, and you you have a chance to to kind of live it. Yeah, it was it was fun. When you get to Michigan State, obviously, you kind of worked your way in. Like you had the, I think, kind of prototypical get there as a freshman, start to kind of find your way, and then work your way till senior year, where you're a marquee contributor. When did you feel? when you were first them like comfortable in the college game, like what was that moment? Um, it was honestly, uh, my senior year, I, I had fought through some, some injuries in my junior year. Um, and I think I had an opportunity to feel comfortable there, but it just never really clicked. Um, I was playing a lot of minutes, but just coming off the bench, trying to prove myself again, uh, become more of a, a pillar for the team. Um, but my senior year, uh, we were, we were out in California doing like one of those, it wasn't a preseason tournament, but it was like, it was your non-conference tournament thing. Um, and we were just out there playing and I actually played terrible out there, but when coach kept me in while I was playing terrible, I was like, I can kind of do what I want. And then I felt comfortable out there. Um, I didn't feel as much pressure to have to be perfect and that helped my game. What is it like to play for Tom Izzo? Stressful, but <laughs> uh, it's it's a lot of fun because you win a lot. Um, it's it's a lot of hours. It's a lot of um, expectation from fans to coaching staff. Um, the team, though, I mean, we came in every year. We said, hey, our goal is to win a national championship and a Big Ten championship. And um, at Michigan State, that's the expectation. But that's why you go there is because you want to do those things. And, um, so I think, I think the stress comes from a bunch of different areas, but the end goal, um, it makes you into a better person, makes you, even if you don't continue in basketball, you have a lot of tools that you can use in everyday life. So, um, I'm thankful for the opportunity. You mentioned stressful. What's the maddest you ever saw him at you? Oh, <laughs> there was a lot of them. <laughs> I did a lot of dumb stuff. Um, Oh yeah. There was one, I missed like four layups in the first half or something and something, something bad, like got offensive rebounded on me. We come in, it was like a big 10 game. I think it was Noah Vonley too. So okay. he was like my butt. He had like 30 that night. Um, and we come in and I can't remember if it was my junior or senior year, but he came in, got right in my face. And it was like, and like, there's a point where you just kind of like, shut it off and you're just like all right when are you done but like I, I remember looking at him and like wow he is really mad at me right now this is, this is crazy and just like not even listening to what he was saying but it was it's a little scary but because that face gets red and like you can just tell that i mean like he just and in that moment he just feeling he's feeling it yeah oh yeah he he can get after it the nice thing is he is a relatively short man and so when he does yell at me, I can stand up and then I'm like, oh, okay, we're good. And then we just keep moving. But he also, he comes off across, comes across as a guy who also is like, like he'll be hard on you when you do something wrong, but like, is like a, is just such a caring person 
when like in the good moments like do you have a good like a good moment with him yeah i mean i think i think the one that gets pointed to a lot is when we're, uh my senior year when we we're playing against maryland and um we'd had a rough stretch zell got hurt and then uh, denzel valentine got hurt and then we lost like a couple games in, a, in the big 10 in a row we were playing against Maryland at home, college game day, all that stuff. And um, we needed to win. And come down to the end of the game, had made a couple good plays to push it over the edge and come off and uh, gave him a big old hug. And um, he didn't get mad at me for it. Like, I I, 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 I was a little surprised. Uh, I, I messed his hair up. I did all that stuff. And he was more than happy. He looked like a little kid on Christmas. So, um he knows how to enjoy the good moments, um, but he doesn't enjoy them for very long because he gets <laughs> right. right back to work. But he, he takes a good 10, 15 minutes to, to enjoy it, and uh, it, it, it's, it's a good feeling. Well, you guys got a chance to enjoy a trip to the Final Four, and I actually was covering that Elite Eight game in Syracuse your junior year when you guys uh, beat Louisville in overtime. And I was going back through it because I had forgotten some different parts of the end of that game. But the free throws at the end, like what on earth is going through your mind when Louisville's got a couple of free throws and a chance to possibly win the game? Uh, you're just clenched all up inside. You got nothing you can do. And I couldn't – I think I may have been fouled. I think I fouled out to give him those free throws. Oh, and, I, and so, like, I'm sitting there like, man, here we go. Like, this is, this is about to be rough. But, um, you know, you just kind of have to – you put everything you, you have out there, the best game that you can, and hope the pieces fall your way. Uh, and obviously it worked out well for us that day. What do you remember most about that game in particular? Um, it's a weird – it's like – I think it was an overtime. Yeah, it was. Um, but – so Brandon hit a couple really big shots. Um, but there was one and I didn't see it until I saw the replay up on the monitor, but Zell had a pass where I think he got caught on the baseline and he spun underneath the basket and it was like two minutes left and he hit Trav up at the top of the key. And I just remember seeing the ball literally like curve around a guy and get to Trav. I'm like, how in the world did you get, like, it looked like he had powers on the ball just to like move it in between everybody. And I knew he was special after like I'd seen a lot of stuff that he'd done that year with different big shots that he's made. But I remember looking at that and like, he's going to be all right. He's, he's, he's going to do good. Things have worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Things have worked out well for him. The, the celebration is probably one of the cooler moments of my broadcasting career was being on the floor with you guys and everybody's celebrating. You got like magic Johnson is out there on the floor and like all, everybody's just going nuts. What, when you think about, because that's like the culmination, you, you guys get to the final four and obviously that's the expectation uh, when you go into the season is compete for a national championship. But in that moment, does it sink in like that we finally have gotten to that ultimate weekend? Yeah. Oh, it definitely set in. Um, Cause like I said, that, that'd been my goal since I'd been there. And my first year we knew it was going to be a tough road. Uh, my freshman year, my sophomore year, we were really disappointed uh, in New York when we lost to UConn. Um, and so to finally get over that hump and make it to make it to where we wanted to, it was just, especially with the team that we had when we had everybody against us, nobody really thought that we could. It was, um, it was a surreal feeling. 
What's the best interaction you had with Magic Johnson? Um, honestly, I haven't had, I mean, Not many. you see him all the time. Like you say, what's up? How you doing? He comes and talks to the team. Um, but I haven't had too many one-on-one, uh, interactions with him. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I, I, it's, it's always interesting. I always think it's because like this, you know, I mean, it's gotta be so cool just to have him around the program every once in a while. Oh, for sure. It's a, it's definitely, um, weird. Like you're like this guy, like has won so many NBA championships. He's like, what is he doing here right now? Like he's, he's got to have some other business venture to do right now. Why is he here talking to us? That, that always goes through my mind every time I see him. When uh, you play for Michigan state, it seems like there's a, and you get this a lot of programs, but it seems, especially with the Spartans, there's like a, it's like a tight knit community. What's that community of former players? Like now that you're on playing professionally. Um, I think it's still there. If uh, you're ever in a city, if you're ever, uh, and, and this, this is globally too, if you're ever in any city, if you're ever in any place that you need help or you just want to go get dinner, um, ask for advice. I know my first year coming overseas, um, I had some talks with some different teams and um, I was actually talking to Raymar Morgan about it and like, hey, I saw that you played here. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. He's like, do not go there. And I was like, okay, I'm good. I won't. And um, just different stuff, like like different random stuff like that. Like I've never talked to Raymar in my life. And I hit him up on Instagram. He's more than happy to talk. Um, so just different stuff like that. And in the summers, working out, um, everybody's always welcome back, in, back to Michigan State um, anytime you come through. So uh, I've always appreciated the, the family aspect. And I think everybody having the consistency of having gone through coach is as, as a coach kind of brings you together and you can, you have a, a, a common thing to talk about if you lose uh, conversation starters. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, it's a good way to start things. You, you mentioned like trying to figure out things overseas and I've talked to a couple of guys now that have had the chance to go over and continue their careers. What's that process like? Because I'm guessing you've got an agent that's kind of trying to get feelers out there to like what teams are interested. Like what's the process like of trying to pick not only a team, but you're like got to pick leagues and countries and, and everything else. Um, yeah. So I do have an agent. He uh, does a pretty good job. Keith glass, a little plug there, you know, <laughs> there you um, go. but he, um, he receives information from different teams. Typically it's the team's, um, that you're playing against at the time, uh, unless you're like MVP of whatever league you're in then other people reach out, but I have not been that yet. Um, but no, he, he does a good job fielding different offers and he knows basically, I mean, we've been together now, I think four years. And so he knows my, um, my preferences of like where I want to go, how much money I'm looking for, different things for my wife. Like I don't want to go in some random little hole of nowhere that is three hours from civilization. Um, So he'll kind of give me the offers that, that makes sense for me. And so it's like, I mean, obviously Spain's such a good league. Have there been other places that, that you've weighed? Yeah. um, I, this year was actually relatively difficult trying to pick between some uh, different teams. Um, But uh, I think Grand Canary had the best package um, at the time. So more than happy to come back. And I, we've got a really good team this year. 
and I think we can make some noise in both the Euro Cup and ACB if we're allowed to play. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What's the travel like from Grand Canaria? Because, like, if people don't look realize it, like I didn't until I looked on a map, like you're down off the coast of Africa. It's like a little ways from the, the mainland of Spain. Like, at, what's the travel grind like just in league play? It is not fun. Uh, <laughs> it is. Everything is – now, league play is a little better because you can fly direct to some of the different cities. But all Euro Cup games, you have to go to Madrid or Barca, and it's a three-hour flight there to start your day, and then you go from there. And and just, I'm guessing, like, how big is the Gran Canaria airport? Um, It's, what do you say, maybe 28, sweetie? Gran Canaria airport, more or less. Like 20 gates, okay. so not, not too big, but it's, it's all right. It's, it's like a like medium Grand size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to Syracuse, and that's probably about what the Syracuse airport is is like. It's like about twenty gates, get in and out of security really easily, and it's it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. So before you made your way over to Europe, you were playing in the G League, and uh, the G League has to be so different from what you're used to at like coming from Michigan State. What's the what's it like in terms of going from Michigan State, where you're playing in a Final Four? to then like you end up in the G League and you, I mean you were playing in Austin for a little while which is a good city but like I just feel like the facilities and everything you're not playing in front of tens of thousands of people anymore what's that like uh it was a little jarring so actually my first my first year I played in Des Moines um for the they were partners with uh Memphis but Des Moines Iowa I don't know why that was but it was <laughs> uh so we ended up going there for the year and um nothing against des moines but there's not a lot there and they they got a decent little city but yeah east lansing has got a lot more restaurants different things like that so um we just kind of uh, i was very happy to have uh my wife there we were able to get to know each other very well and <laughs> uh, hung out a lot but um it, it was definitely definitely a change from style of basketball to the amount of energy around um, uh, it's a profession and it's not so much about the team and it's more about your individual individual accomplishments because that's what dictates your salary for the next year and I didn't realize that going into it I, I was like oh no hey we're buddies and no nah, we're not all buddies like <laughs> you're friends with some guys on the team but you're fighting with everybody for for a roster spot I, I get what the, the go to random places like I met my wife in Binghamton, New York, when we were both in, in local news. And it's the same thing. Like there's not not a ton there. You're around some cities you can drive to, but you, you kind of like make do. And, uh, and we, we always say we got lucky to find each other there because there weren't a lot of other options. Um, <laughs> what 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 is the what's the biggest adjustment from college to pro? Um, I would just say the, the responsibility is totally on your shoulders. Um, unless you are a first round draft pick, all that jazz, um, every, you got to learn how to take care of yourself. And, uh, I think college prepares you for that. As you grow year to year, you're given more responsibility, more freedom, um, to make your own mistakes and make your own decisions. But as soon as you step out as a professional, you're pretty much totally on your own and you got to take care of business. Otherwise you you're done. And um, I've seen so many guys flame out after a year or two because they just 
they couldn't take care of themselves. You got a little taste of the NBA with, with San Antonio. You had like a cup of coffee in the league. What does that taste, <laughs> what, I mean, what does that taste do for you? Because I, I know like when you get a taste of something that big, it's got to drive you. Like, what does it do for, for your motivation? I, it makes me realize I can play there. Um, I, I see the guys there. I see um, what they're doing, what they're capable of. And I, I feel like I can do that. Um, now I'm obviously am not there. So I have to convince some other people of that. But uh, my own confidence and motivation um, in the summers is like, I know the end goal that I'm looking for. Um, and part of that is being where I'm at right now and being successful and showing people that I can play the game of basketball in a way that uh, makes their team successful. Is it for, for you where you're at? Because it seems like you're pretty comfortable, but obviously there's the drive to get back to the United States and play at the highest level. Can you like watch NBA games with like feeling comfortable where you're enjoying it? Or is there like when you watch a game is to something you eat at you? I would say 80% of the time it eats at me, but I know like I need to watch like just to learn, just to see, just to see how people move, see how people see what teams are doing, um, see what bigs are doing. Um, I mean that, yeah, I, I, I've been, if, if you don't learn who your competition is, then you're just kind of flying in the dark. So um, I just try to stay educated. Who's been uh, the favorite player you've had a chance to play with? Oh, that's a tough question. There's a lot on that one. Uh, I would say uh, over the entire time that I've played, uh, one of my one of my favorite favorite teammates as far as on the court that's taken care of me has been Omar last year, because um, we were able to play. Like I didn't get hurt which was good. The first three years had some struggles with that, but um, he just pushed me the whole year and really, really poured into me um, throughout the entire year. That whole bubble process, the like two weeks for the final phase uh, last year for, for you guys, what was, what was that like? And you, you kind of, like you did what the NBA is doing now, but in a much shorter and more condensed situation, like what was that whole tournament like? Um, it was, I don't know if you ever played AU before, yeah. but it, it was kind of like playing a weekend at AU where you go for five days and granted we were there for three weeks, but it had that feeling where you wake up, you go to the gym, you work out, you come back and you play your game and um, you just hang out with your guys all day. I think, we played video games, cards, like what swam in the pool, just trying to stay entertained. We had a ping pong tournament. We we did had a dart tournament. Like we we're just hanging out, just a bunch of guys. And I think if I, we were doing the NBA thing, where you're there for like whatever two months now that they've been there, yeah, it'd get a little old. But we weren't there long enough for it to get old, so it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, could you imagine doing it for two, three months? Like, say you're on a team that makes an extended playoff run. Like, what would, how would you feel about that? I would need my family there the second round, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Love my teammates, but I need a little bit of a break. Hey, that's, that's fair. Um, all right, so I've got some quick hitters for you to finish off here. Uh, we're, it's called Three for the Road. 
kind of some off the radar stuff for you. So you've got a lot of lakes in Michigan where you're from and where you play college ball. You got oceans surrounding you on an island in Spain. Ocean or lake, what, what do you prefer? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I have now adjusted. Okay, I would say ocean because before I would have said lake, but I have now adjusted to salt water. Okay. Um, I hated salt water before I came here. Just absolutely hated it because I'd grown up in freshwater my whole life. And um, I've, I've learned how to swim in it and not swallow everything. So uh, <laughs> it's the, the, there's nothing like an ocean. And I've waking up every day to this is incredible. I mean, you, you obviously got to spend a lot of time in the gym and working out. Like how often do you get to the beach? Um, try to get there two, three times a week. Uh, to- Life is good. Yeah. Yeah. And when we were, yeah, but once two days stop, I hopefully will get there a little bit more, but two days are kind of killing me right now. But two to three times a week is better than uh, most people who it's like two to three times a summer. So you're living the dream. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what, give me one team in any level that you would want another shot at with the team you were playing on at the time. So, uh, say that again. Like one team that you lost to in one game that you'd want another shot at. Oh, that would be Iowa. Um, they, like I said, my senior year when we lost those couple of games, uh, we lost to them twice in a span of, I think, two weeks. It was a weird Big Ten schedule um, where it was just weird. Yeah. And, yeah, we lost to them twice, and they shot the absolute blood out of the ball. I think Peter Jock and Jared Utah were just going crazy. Um, and they cost us a Big Ten championship, and that still hurts. Um, so, anyways, I, I would like to play them those two it, times and give it, it to them. Is it, like, is that, was that the most frustrating team to play against? Who was the most frustrating team in the Big Ten? Uh, that year for us, Iowa was, but especially because our seniors, we had never lost to Iowa before. I think we beat them like six or seven straight times and for them to come in and beat us twice handily, both times, like they gave it to us was extremely frustrating, but that, what that that's a killer. Uh, all right. Final question. If you were not playing basketball, you would be what? I tell Anna all the time. Oh, sorry, my wife's name is Anna. Yeah. Um, I tell her all the time I'd be the stay-at-home mom, and she would be <laughs> the uh, one working. Um, so I think uh, besides having the baby after that, I would uh, be the stay-at-home mother. True. <laughs> hey, man, that's that's the dream, right? Like, hang out and get to, you know, get, be in good shape. Go, you know, it, life could be good that way. I'd be the trophy wife for sure. <laughs> uh, be a catch. <laughs> Matt, we appreciate the time, man. Good luck this season, and uh, hopefully have a chance to catch up with you again sometime down the road. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for talking.